Welcome to Screw It. We're just going to talk about comics, and that's comic books, everybody. This is the only podcast in the history of recorded time where two people talk about a thing they love, and that thing happens to be comic books. I'm one of the two hosts. I'm a brother of the other host and a kind of comedian. My name is Kevin Hines. I'm the other co-host kind of comedian person, Will Hines. Uh, Hi, Will. Hi, brother. Hello, brother. Greetings, son of my father. Um, uh, You're tuning in for one of our world famous, (laughs) maybe maybe universally famous. Yeah. uh, Crash courses where we see that Marvel is going to release a new TV show. And we shamelessly try to do an episode that ties into that. Yes. Uh, And uh, we release it the day the show comes out. So it's really too late for you to get ready for the show you can yeah. uh, <laughs> listen, yeah. listen to our episode immediately but maybe it seems like we're a tie-in like we're part yeah, of like crossover. disney produced this disney yeah, did like, not produce it but maybe it feels like that disney's definitely not even aware of it but it'd be fun if in the middle of the she hulk episode they were like make sure you see screw it folks to see what jennifer walters is talking about yeah uh, and so, yeah, so we're doing a crash course on she hulk because that is premiering as you're listening to this today yeah uh, has already premiered, uh, maybe because I think they drop like at midnight or something. But uh, right, but the official release day is Wednesday, August seventeenth. Yeah, and so we're recording this a few days earlier. But uh, when you're listening to this, that show is on the air. So listen to this episode, then watch the show, or watch that show, and then listen to this episode. I don't care how you do it. We don't care. You just got to do both. You have to do both, or you have failed yourself. Uh, yeah. What we're doing here is we're going to go over the comic books that led up to the series. We haven't mm-hmm. seen the show yet. Uh, mm-hmm. Disney begged us to watch it. They begged us for notes, but we refused to watch the show in advance. And we're just going to talk about sort of like what She-Hulk's history was in the comic books leading up to this show. Yeah, it's hard to watch that. There's too many seasons of Top Chef for us to watch, so we couldn't get to She-Hulk yet. And Tim Gunn keeps texting me, have you seen the last season? Is it still So we good? have to. So we have yeah, to do Tim it. Tim Gunn's not even like, involved yeah. in the show, but yeah, I'm Tim, friends with him. Tim Gunn's a big fan of Top Chef. Yeah. Uh, Sean Gunn texts me. He's uh, James Gunn's brother. Really? Just a uh, bunch of guns. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think that's unrelated. I don't think he's related to Tim Gunn, but Sean Gunn, yeah, who's been in Gilmore Girls and has some small parts mm. in uh, uh, the Guardians movies. I get texted by the ghost of Dwayne Eddy, who's the guitarist that wrote the theme to Peter Gunn. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, but not about, not about mm-hmm. any shows. Uh, Megatron, uh, the <laughs> Transformer who turns into a gun, yeah. Uh, sometimes uh, uh, messages me over Instagram. Interesting. I get messages from the Iron Giant, but all he says is, I am not a gun. And I'm like, I well, get it. He breaks the it. pattern. Yeah. That's what I told him. I said, you're breaking the pattern, Iron Giant. We got a good thing going here. Um. So, yeah. So let's talk about uh, She-Hulk, Will Hines. Yes. Uh, so uh, I'm going to try to do just a high level thing of the She-Hulk. Great. And then we'll break break it down. But. Basically, She-Hulk started as a character in 1980 with Marvel Comics, created, co-created by Stan Lee. You don't get much higher pedigree than that. And I'm sure yeah. that Stan worked for weeks to script this issue and thought about it and revised it a hundred times and really worked it out. And, and the artist in the first issue was John Buscema, too, right? Yeah. That's so, pretty much that's as good as it gets in 1980, I would think. Pretty. I mean, that is definitely some OG Marvel cred. Yeah. 
So, I mean, unless Jack Kirby did it, that's like about as high as, as I mean, high as you can Kirby go. and Ditko are gone, and like it's harder to get much better, I think. John was so good. Yeah, so... Um, Neil but Adams, they, maybe, uh, but he was probably at DC 1980? by that point. Yeah, yeah, if you got like, I don't know, yeah, Neil Adams drawn it, and then like the Mobius guy from Europe... <laughs> Not the living vampire, but the, yeah. the French doing artist. the letters. Well, if 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 Neil's drawing it, Mobius is doing lettering. Just two artists. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, She-Hulk, go on. So yes, so yeah. Uh, what uh, She Hulk is basically the Incredible Hulk's cousin, Jennifer Walters, who gets a blood transfusion from Bruce Banner after she's wounded, and that blood transfusion transfers some of the Hulk power into her, and she turns into the She Hulk. And although this varies somewhat over time generally speaking she maintains her intelligence and personality when she's the she-hulk um although that there's like again that depending on what phase you're talking about but um and so that's a character in the marvel universe and it was originally created because the incredible hulk television show was popular and stan was worried about the copyright that somebody else could make like a female hulk and so that they kind of did the She-Hulk fast to, to, to just like sort of claim ownership of a female Hulk character, which is the same thing I think they did for Spider-Woman around yes. the same time. Yeah, they did that for Spider-Woman. Spider-Woman, someone was making a Spider-Woman show. Okay. And so, and they, so they, they wanted to they, beat him to the punch. They beat him to the punch, yeah. The She-Hulk, I don't think there's anyone doing it. I, I read somewhere that they were worried because of the $6 million man and the bionic woman were owned by different people. Okay. Which I think is why it's not called the Bionic Man of the Bionic. Like it's the six million dollar man and the Bionic Woman. That's interesting, but the continuity is definitely crossed. Like, yeah, I, I might be wrong on what I'm saying too, but it seemed like I think that was a thing where like maybe the creator just got pushed out. And oh, like, interesting, you know, Stanley worries about the creators when it's him. So like it does seem to me like they temporarily got paranoid about like copyright jumping for those two characters and then just yeah. stopped worrying about it. They didn't do like Hilda the Duck. Like they yeah. just sort of like they just were only worried about Spider-Woman and She-Hulk, whatever. I mean, those so. were their two most popular characters. I guess that. Yeah, that's true. I guess they weren't worried about a she thing would probably have been the third most popular or Lady America. Uh, there was already Lady Liberty already existed. I guess certain ones. Yeah. It's also weird. Like, I can't imagine someone coming up with a She-Hulk. They could maybe, that name, like Spider-Woman, you could argue, it's like, well, Spider is not copyrighted by Marvel. Woman is not copyrighted by Marvel. This is a different character. Yes. But She-Hulk just feels like that'd be a tougher reach. Yeah. I couldn't do, like, the Lady Rolling Stones and expect to get away with that, I don't think. But uh, even though the She-Hulk was born out of such sort of, like, maybe desperation of a copyright grab, the character became super popular and is, like, definitely one of the major characters in the marvel pantheon maybe not like top tier but like a mainstay throughout uh yeah i mean she's, the existence she's legit great i think um and i also think weirdly even though she hasn't constantly had titles i do think she is one of the top female characters in the marvel universe certainly like in the late 80s when we were reading comics who was bigger than her like that had like a solo book I mean, Captain Marvel didn't, right? Or Ms. Marvel didn't. Um, uh, yeah, Ms. Marvel did for a little bit, but it got canceled. The Invisible um, Woman didn't. Yeah, Wasp. But like the all the women characters in the Avengers, uh, Black Widow. Kitty I don't Pride think had maybe? her own. Kitty title. Pride or Storm were pretty close. So the X Men characters just... probably were pretty popular, but like even they didn't have solo books, which 
in a weird way that's really yeah it's really interesting minimizes like, your uh clout uh, like yeah your power like um yeah it's interesting who would be the most power i mean the you know in the there weren't a lot of female characters in the marvel pantheon uh in the 60s at all Did, I mean, Miss Marvel was probably the biggest one until her title ended, and I don't think it ran that long. I, I, I could be wrong on that. Someone will who email do you think me was just correct. the most popular though? Like having a title is sure. big. Like D- Dazzler had a title for a little while. Yes, for a little while. I mean, Storm and Kitty Pride for sure have got to be the two most popular. And then, like, I would say, I don't know if Wasp was, but I don't know without without being in the Avengers. Wasp uh, and Black Widow. And Invisible Woman were up there then after that, probably. Because who else would it be? Yeah, unless I, I'm forgetting someone obvious. But I, I can't think of who it is. This is a great time for people to write in to screw it comics and Gmail and tell us probably like yeah. some super obvious person. We're Mouse. We're forgetting Mouse. Mouse, the female character. I mean, it, it certainly was one of those things where for a long time, like the most popular female characters were just female versions of and She-Hulk is one of these, right? It's like who are the most popular DC characters other than Wonder Woman? It's like Supergirl and Batgirl, probably. Right. And that's a real shame. That just shows a problem with comics. Yes. Like pre, I don't know, a week ago uh, that yeah. <laughs> most female characters were non-existent or she characters. Now, even though. But I mean, she, probably but... like Red Sonia was probably the most popular Marvel character, female Marvel character. Oh, for yeah. A long interesting. Time. Yeah. Um. But She-Hulk did transcend this, right? Like I do, at least in my head, I don't think of She-Hulk in terms of the Hulk. Like I think of her as her own entity. I think of her as an a FF and Avenger member first. Like I think because of that she isn't a Hulk smash. Yeah. That she does feel almost like a completely different character. I mean, she's clearly not. She's green. Uh, it's gamma radiation. She grows into it. There have been times when she's been Hulk smashed too. Before people write and correct me on that, but yes. largely that is not her status quo. Largely, her status quo is somebody who's like, fu- like more like Hercules. Yeah, she's fun loving. She's like, you know, she's not like party girl's not quite right, but like, but like yeah. Sex in the City kind of like she's she's sort of like you know, fun yeah. girl in New York is is kind of her vibe. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I really love her. I, I, you know, we were big fans of the John Byrne Fantastic Four comics, which we'll talk about. And that was and She-Hulk was a member of the Fantastic Four during that time and a, and a big part of the stories. I loved her then. Um, uh, I've always had an affection for her uh, and I'm always excited when she shows up in a book. And I'm really excited that she's getting a show like I. Yeah, I really like the Ms. Marvel comics that we read for the Ms. Marvel show. And I've now watched that show and I and I think it was really fun, but I am more excited for She-Hulk just out of personal bias. Like I just have a longer history of being a fan of the characters been around longer also. But like I'm psyched for She-Hulk. I am pretty sure my first probably knowledge of She-Hulk had to have been the Fantastic Four. I think it might have been for me, too. Like uh, because she would have appeared in there before we read Secret Wars. Yep. We weren't reading Avengers. Maybe I was aware of her existence, but I don't think I was reading Hulk yet. So it's not like it's not uh, honestly, it's not that strongly. At the time we were first at the time we were reading these comics, and this is like when we were first getting into reading comics. If there was just a drawing of She-Hulk in the background, like a seven foot green skinned strong woman, we could just make that could be a scroll. That could just be an alien. That could just be, you know, 
a an inhuman like we would never have thought oh that's she hulk like we we could have yeah. noticed her a bunch before we really knew who she was yeah so i think i first knew her as a member of the fantastic four which is very interesting and she like is one of those characters that feels like the extended family of the fantastic four Absolutely. even though she's been mostly not on the team but like the fact that she was on for this burn run in a bigger way than like i would say even like medusa or crystal who were on the teams here and there yeah oh she yeah like felt like she was on the team and then she's come back a few times to fill in she just feels like she feels like the fifth member of the fantastic war way more than like even spider-man i know some people will say it's him but for me it's she-hulk it's the fifth member uh for me too like and certainly as of like the 90s like when by that time like yeah crystal and medusa were sort of like subs that yeah you know, they had to make do with yeah in times they felt direct. like substitute like, teachers and she hulk felt like she a, new was a member. member yeah um i would expect that four freedoms plaza still has security clearances for the she hulk ready to go that she can just show if, up at any time if they don't i gotta talk to reed because i don't like that i'll text him um so let's go through maybe the history of she hulk then a little Let's bit do it. okay the, the sort of publication history uh not so much the fictional character biography i like you know yeah. wikipedia kev they have that distinction have you noticed that when you look up comic book yeah. characters on wikipedia i appreciate that because what i usually want to know is the publication history like what is the story of the characters like existence in marvel comics yeah but i i probably more often read the characters biography because i am curious about like when the status quo shifts change, when this happens and that happens. And that's not always clear when you just read what titles she's. Uh, yeah, you got to read them both. Like what I, I really yes. like it is when it's like originally the character, this was true of the character, but in the mid 2000s, they retroactively made this change. I, I really like it when it's like that. I would probably prefer a merged version, but it would be a merged version written by my opinion. Right. Like yeah. I, I, there's certain things I don't care about. I want it to like really, like what I don't need is like, Oh, at this time, She-Hulk journeyed to the Savage Land as retconned into existence, you know, and in, in later stories. Like, I don't need to know that history, but I want to know. It's like, oh, in the 90s, She-Hulk's personality she -Hulk. changed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, let's get into it. I, I think she's got kind of an interesting history. So Stanley co-created her and quote-unquote wrote the first issue. And I'm putting that in quotes because I bet you Stan didn't put a ton of thought into this. I bet almost – I bet John plotted this uh, in a, um, you know, in a late Kirby, late Ditko sense. Like Stan Lee just said, we're doing a She-Hulk story. Yeah, I bet you Stan did something like she's a lawyer, of a, I, you know, a gang guns are down. I bet he didn't even down. do that. I bet he did lawyer. I bet, I bet he, he did nothing but uh, – she gets her powers from Bruce Banner. It's not like a separate thing. She's related. I bet he was like she's his cousin. I think that's all he had. <laughs> I don't know. There's no way to know. There's no way to know. Um, but after after the first issue, the rest of so the original one was called the Savage She Hulk, mm -hmm. and it was written really by uh, David Kraft. David. Yeah, he wrote Kraft. the next twenty four issues, and uh, that's truly the original writer of She Hulk. Yes. Um, and so it's Jennifer just, Walters. Just, just just missed that first issue, so he probably gets no money for anything. Uh, he also uh, died last year, Kev. Yeah. He's not well, then his so. then his children will. I know you hate children, but people have them. I uh, don't like to acknowledge them, but um, yeah, I've heard rumors. Um, so in this original run, uh, I I read weirdly a lot of it just because there's like 25 issues in the original run, and 
so it's like Jennifer Walters is this sheepish, mousy lawyer who becomes She-Hulk, and they play it more like a Hulk thing where when she turns into the She-Hulk, she's like angry. She's a little bit out of control. Jennifer Walters doesn't always remember everything She-Hulk does. That's that's very like Hulk to have that happen. Mm, yes. It's toned down. She's not like as angry or out of control, but it's the same kind of thing. Um, but like kind of like gradually, I mean, even right away, She-Hulk was pretty articulate in her like speech as opposed yeah. to Hulk. There was no Hulk smash. Like She-Hulk would just be like furious, <laughs> just like yeah. an angry version. And so pretty quick, pretty quickly, there was less difference between Jennifer Walters and She-Hulk. It was almost like Jekyll and Hyde, where Hyde was just like a confident, fed up version of Jennifer Walters. Like I've had it was kind of She-Hulk's personality. Uh, I mean, they were different, but and then she she kind of turns into Jennifer Walters less and less as the series goes on. Um, and then and then toward the end. They started playing at this very fun, like love triangle thing where Jennifer Walters was in love with one guy and She-Hulk was in love with a different guy. Like She-Hulk oh, so was in love with Jennifer weird. Walters' childhood friend whose name was Zapper. And then that was She-Hulk. And then Jennifer Walters is in love with this radio DJ from Florida who wins the lottery. And both men are jealous, kind of want their, you know, like radio dj guy doesn't want her to be she hulk because she hulk's not interested in him and zapper doesn't want jennifer walters around his childhood friend because she hulk's in love with him and how what are the odds that zapper shows up in the show will i think very low <laughs> okay all right i think it'd Fair be enough. an incredible incredibly okay. funny decision if they okay. only used that story but uh and the, also the guys were such <laughs> kevin the guys are drawn extremely early 80s like way real short shorts crazy sunglasses 70, 70s hair they look like somebody out, they look like out of dazed and confused um and both Jennifer Walters and She-Hulk outclass their boyfriends so thoroughly in terms of like these two beautiful <laughs> like confident women are with these absolute drips that's what i was like what's going <laughs> on here um neither one of these people should be dating either of these either of them um but and then uh, by so by the end, She-Hulk's persona had kind of mellowed and she kind of just wanted to party and hang out and lay on the beach all day. And she was sort of becoming the way that John Byrne would do her like she was kind of arriving at that by the end of Savage She-Hulk. That's interesting. I read maybe four issues of Savage, uh, uh, three of Savage She-Hulk. I've uh, read the first one, which I'd read before for sure at some point. Then I read the second issue to see David Kraft's take. Uh, and then I, I skipped a bunch of issues because I got I didn't want to keep reading about this like mob. It was real boring. I mean, it's storyline like that was going yeah. on. And then I skipped to like issue 12 or 13 where like she like fought a living hill or something. Yeah. Uh, and that was or that might have been a little later, uh, which was pretty odd and strange. Um, but in that issue, there wasn't a ton of like, there wasn't any um, Jennifer Walters, but there really wasn't. I didn't see a lot of the future She-Hulk personality. She still felt like uh, more angry, less happy. Yeah, yeah. They they kept her kind. Yes, that that was true. Basically, when she was with Zapper, she wanted to like hit the beach. It was weird. <laughs> it was really strange to read. Like was Zapper into dating She-Hulk? Yeah, they were in love. Good for him. Uh, I might be I might be a little nervous if I was approached by a seven foot tall, hugely he, muscular Kevin, green woman. He was. 
Well, what happened was Jennifer Walters, he's the first person that Jennifer Walters confides in and is like, I'm oh. She-Hulk. I need your help. Um, and so he's friends with both of them. He just you got to be able to trust a guy named Zapper. So that makes sense. Well, Zapper and the other guy whose name I'm forgetting, I think it was Mark. No, he looked like Mark Marin. That's why I'm thinking his name was Mark. I forget what his <laughs> name was. But like they actually do be they're cool with each other. They're like, may the best man win is kind of their attitude. Like, it's cool. And then She-Hulk, by the end of the series, is like, I'm going to stay She-Hulk. I'm not really going to be Jennifer. And she stays with Zapper. And the other guy's like, okay, I accept this. And he goes back to Florida to his DJ. That's the end of issue 25. Oh, interesting. Even the very last page is like, happy ending for everybody. And then it's like, except for this guy's name. And that's like the last line of the issue. (laughs) It's like really strange. Uh, then there's like kind of I don't know how long a gap is, but it's not not too nothing. Long. Uh, but it's it was decent length. It felt a like year? before she showed up. Was it only like a year? Yeah, that seems. She like starts longer. showing up in Marvel team up, and then she starts showing up in the Avengers. Okay, I didn't read any of the in between stuff, but I did read her first appearance in Marvel team up, which was a strange, <laughs> strange comic. Yeah, it's like an Avengers membership drive. <laughs> they need they need new members, but it's so casually done. Wait, wait, that's an Avengers issue. That's not team up. That's what I said. I didn't read the team up issues. Oh, you but didn't I read, read her the first team up issues. I read okay, her okay. first appearance I see, with I the see. Avengers. I thought you said you read the stranger. first team up. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yes. No, yes, I yes. didn't read any of the team up stories. Okay. Uh, and the Avengers issue was a very strange issue. It was a it was a membership drive, uh, but it was a very casual Captain America and Iron Man and Thor just sort of leaning back on maybe somebody who Yeah, yeah they're just it seemed to be it. it just seemed to sort of be like who could we think of right now to add to the team? Which yeah, we're not going like, how you'd want to research. add somebody. Yeah. To, to the most fighting powerful force. superhero organization. Yeah. Um, uh, Thor considers Spider-Man at some point. Yeah. Thor is uh, into Spider-Man. Captain America is thinking about Hawkeye and Wasp wants a woman on the team. So she like rounds up all of the female characters yeah. in the Marvel universe, except for the X, X, which is like four women. It's like Spider-Woman. The Invisible Woman, She Hulk, probably still the Invisible Girl at that time. She Hulk, definitely uh, Invisible Girl at this time. Ms. Marvel, right? Um, was was Carol Danvers there? You know what? I don't remember, but it was like four people. There, were, there was one more, yeah. Um, might have been, was it Tigra had left the team, so it wasn't Tigra. It wasn't Tigra. Uh, um, there was Spider Woman. Yeah, there was one more. I forget who it was, but we're. But they're sort of like hanging out on the couch, um, just chatting. Just chatting, yeah. Uh, but also in that issue, She-Hulk was glammed up from like like the la- in the Savage She-Hulk. She always wore like a shredded, like Hulk-like. She wore shredded clothing. Yes. And here she shows up like in a business suit, hair kind of like like she went to a hairdresser before she went to meet up with the Wasp. It wasn't like frazzled like it was in Savage She-Hulk. She looked yeah. like like basically what. I think of as She-Hulk. Well, basically, the John Byrne She-Hulk is what we think of as at least yes. initial phase She-Hulk, right? Yeah, I think ninety percent of the time that's what she's looked at. Like, yeah, the the Metro, the the New York girl on the go. Yeah, and that's um, who shows up. She even like starts smoking by the end of the issue. She's like smoking a long cigarette. Everyone smoked in the Marvel universe in the eighties. <laughs> they all wore Reeboks. They all smoked. I mean, I'm. Only exaggerating a little bit. There was a lot more smoking in the comics back then. And when they banned smoking from comics, everyone freaked out. I remember being like, yeah, it feels weird not to see the thing smoking. And it's only now when I'm rereading all these old issues being like, 
they didn't smoke that much before the 80s. It's kind of cool that they stopped again. Yeah. Anyway, um, She-Hulk smoking away in this comic. Yeah. The, again, there are glimmers of that by the end of Savage She-Hulk. But it, yeah, it's like somehow by the time they get to the Avengers, she has made an evolution towards more of a like almost like a rebellious teen kind of. Yeah. I did um, read those. Did you read those team up issues? Nope, I didn't read the team up. Issues Curious now. how she was portrayed in those now. Uh, it seems like the sort of thing that happened off panel. That, that Avengers issue was written by Jim Shooter. So yeah. he should get some credit for like taming down She-Hulk if it wasn't already done. Yeah. Um, it's And it, adding her to the Avengers is putting her in a pretty high profile place, even though the Avengers is weirdly not event. a high profile comic. It At is that time, like, like it's not as big as the X-Men and it's not as big as the Fantastic Four. But it is like a place you put characters you don't want Marvel to forget about. Right. Yeah, like you, that's where you put your Hawkeyes and your Wasps who don't can't hold their own titles. You surround them with sort of the the B, the best of the Bs, which is like Captain America, Iron Man and Thor. And you kind of add these other characters in so people just don't forget about them. Um. Yeah, you're keeping them in front of readers. I'm looking up who was in this in this meeting of the of the minds. Okay, we've got Dazzler, Dazzler, Spider Woman, that's Black, the fourth one. Black Widow. Oh, uh, so it's five. Uh, Invisible Woman, and She Hulk, and okay. Wasp, of course, is hosting the. Well, Wasp was hosting it, yes. Um, yes, yeah, so a Black Widow was not an Avenger yet. Uh, she may have been. Before and wasn't anymore. I, I who knows. I okay, can't. well, she's being considered for membership there. You got Black Widow, yeah. Spider Woman, Tazzler, Invisible Woman, I mean, and She Hulk. I'm saying I don't know. I, I have yeah, no yeah, idea yeah. what Black Widow was or was not a member of the Avengers. Um, okay. And did you read any other Avengers issues? Yeah, I read the next uh, two or three. Um, she Hulk is kind of portrayed as being um, reckless with cars. Like anytime she gets in a car, it's going to crash or she's going to okay. have to throw it at somebody. So it's kind of like don't trust She Hulk with your car. And then um, good bit, good bit. And she still has some anger stuff going on. Yeah, uh, no, nothing like out of control Hulk anger, but just sort of like she's gonna, she's got like a short fuse kind of. Yeah. She's just, it's real different than Hulk, who like blacks out and you know destroys a planet. Uh, but then the big thing happens is she goes to Secret Wars. She gets goes to Secret Wars with the Avengers, and at Secret Wars, the thing decides to stay on the Beyonders planet. And so she replaces the thing and joins the FF, which is huge. Yeah. And I think we should take our break now. I agree. Hi, this is Kevin. I'm here with my brother, Will, and we are the hosts of Screw It. We're just going to talk about comics, our weekly podcast about comic books. And we want to hear from you. We have a slew of social media accounts, a slew. You can email us at screwitcomics at gmail.com or see us on Instagram at screwitcomics or tweet at us at screwitcomics. So tell us what you think of the comics you like or the comics you don't or things we've talked about on our episodes. Or send us some life advice. You can tell that we need it. Yes. Uh, we might read your message on a future episode of our show. So thanks. In advance from Screw It, we're just going to talk about comics from Campfire Media. And we're back. Yeah, and now She-Hulk is on the FF, which I'm curious how that went down. Like, I know Secret Wars, there was a lot of talk about 
like you have to make a big change or something. Was this an idea John Byrne had? Was this an idea Jim Shooter had? I wonder. Who decided to move She-Hulk there? She hadn't been on Avengers that long. It was like six or seven issues. I'm going to guess that it was Byrne, right? Because he's such an opinionated guy and he so just wants things his way that I cannot believe that anybody would – that he would allow it if he wasn't in favor Uh of it and if it wasn't his idea. Like I think he just really – because he drew an issue of the Avengers with She-Hulk was on it. He drew one of those. So I think like in that issue, he's like, I really like drawing She-Hulk. I want her on the FF. Yeah, it seems it's that seems right. And also he was doing a thing solo book already. So it wasn't like he was losing the thing. Yeah, I think he just imagined he'd bring the thing back at some point. Why not have She-Hulk for a little while? I, I you know, this again, this is when you and I started reading comics. And I remember I liked the FF just basically because I had seen the original 60s cartoon and I'd seen images of them. So I, love, I, I love that cartoon still. Yes, me too. When I bought the FF issues at Outer Limits Comics, Route 37, RIP, RIP to Outer Limits, Route 37 is still there. I um, was bummed that it was the thing wasn't in it. Not bummed. I was more surprised. I was like, oh, no thing. That's weird. Even like, even like as a whatever I was, 13-year-old, I was like, that's interesting to not have yeah. The thing in the Fantastic Four. I mean, I think that's kind of a big change. It's a huge it, change. I think it, it worked great. Like she fit in great with the team. I mean, the thing quits the FF all the time, but he generally is back an issue later. Yes. Uh, and to lose the thing who is arguably the most popular member. It's a big is, move. It's crazy. Yeah. It is taking Robert Downey Jr. out of Avengers. Yeah. Like in Avengers 2 being like, and no more Robert Downey Jr. We're still going to do movies with him, but he's just not going to be in our Avengers movies at all. I'll be like, why not? Yeah. Um, but also by replacing with She-Hulk, you do get a version of a lot of things that the thing did that makes the FF work. Like she's lighthearted. She does wisecracks. Yeah. She's warm. She's like nice to people and interested in them. Like, you know, thing was always a good balance to Reed's icy personality um she she functions well in that team she's really closer to like a smarter johnny because she likes a lot of like things that johnny likes yeah i mean from a dumb point of view she's also strong just like the thing and i do think sometimes uh characters uh, teams are put together without thinking about power sets and stuff and not like that fantastic four needs a strong character but uh she doesn't by putting a strong character in that's not a power set that anyone else has on that team. So she can still fill her own little. Yeah. In the fights, she's doing the thing stuff. Um, Um, Yeah. But but she was close enough to the thing that you had a lot of the pieces, but also different enough that you could really, I mean, because what Byrne was great about this era, Byrne at least was like character stuff. He wrote these characters really well. He knew them really well. And so by taking out the thing who would like fight with Johnny all the time, you lose that sort of animosity. Losing like Reed's pal who sort of begrudgingly is there. You kind of just have like happy to be here. The She-Hulk yeah. who's just like, yeah. oh, I'll I'll move these pig electronics. That's my job now. Uh, and she gets to know. And you also get like another female character for yeah. Sue You're, to talk to. It really opens her up. She Sue, is, still not, Sue is now no longer girl, like right? the woman on the. She is. No, she's the invisible woman by that point. Is she? Yeah. But okay. not long before. Uh, it, also, I mean, She-Hulk comes back for the miscarriage issue. So right away, it's a pretty heavy uh, comic. It's pretty heavy stuff. Um, yeah, and Sue no longer has to be like the woman on the team. Right? Yeah. There's Now it's half women, half men. Um, 
you know, that's kind of funny because we read all those original FF issues and there was so much just like guy out of touch. Yes. Uh, bad female characters in those early Marvel stuff. And then here, Byrne makes it like second only to the X-Men in terms of it's like female representation or maybe yeah. as much. I mean, percentage wise. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting. And, uh, and the FF, they're not squabbling as much, um, yeah. which you would think would be bad. Right. Cause that's kind of like a big part of the FF, but it was fun. Like I just remember those stories being a blast. It's also, I mean, like a comic has run, whatever it was like 250 issues or wherever they're at at this point. Uh, a lot of the fun is like splitting the team up and like seeing different people pair off with each other but like every iteration of those pairings has been done with ff but like in those issues i sort of just I, we've read them all before i kind of skimmed them again for this podcast you see like reed and she hulk go off to fight terminus right just those two and it's like that's completely di- that's a completely different energy that we have never seen uh you see like johnny and she hulk kind of doing stuff together and that's a completely different energy that we've ever seen and it's yeah. like all that stuff's really great uh, yeah you know what's so interesting is like so She-Hulk is born, basically, it's like, do a Lady Hulk, right? Like, it's just kind of like, we can't have somebody take the Lady Hulk. But, like, she has so little in common with the Hulk personality and story-wise. Like, a big part of the Hulk, I mean, of course, Hulk's had a lot of phases, too. But your, your standard Hulk smash storyline. Yes. And at this is, point, that's still largely what he's mostly done at this point. You get, it's a brooding, tortured guy. It's a yeah, guy it's a who tragedy. Is, yeah, who is cursed with like basically never being able to have a normal life again and being shunned from society. That's like Bruce Banner, right? Yeah. She-Hulk is having a blast the whole time. Like her powers are a gift. She loves them. Yeah. She doesn't you, even like being Jennifer Walters. It's you kind of want the Hulk to be on all these teams, but he doesn't work well with the stories they want to tell. So by having She-Hulk, you have a Hulk who can do all those things. Uh, uh, I mean, she is so different, like, but also if she was just, strong woman number eight right she probably isn't popular enough and you wouldn't see her in any of these books because she's got a little she's got that iconic hulk look that's just enough to uh, make her visually interesting that you can throw her into all these places that gave her the chance to become an actually interesting character she also looked great in the ff uniform it just looked right on her yeah, it's um, it's interesting because, you know, another thing that I, I think is weird about She-Hulk that I'm maybe not totally articulate enough to say, Kevin, but I'm going to try is like you could think that She-Hulk is like. I don't know, like the worst nightmare of a man's idea of a female character, it's like, all right, put the word she in front of it, draw her like a Barbie doll, you know, she's seven feet tall with like supermodel voluptuous yeah. proportions that are impossible and she's, you know, her clothes are ripped all the time, you know, a little something for the fellas, show them what they're fighting for. Uh, but like, so this sounds that... like Will, this sounds like Will reading a storm comic. Go yeah, on. Exactly. You're yeah, the kind of the kind of stuff that I want for my solo storm comic that I'm going to write someday and get um, fired over. Canceled but, immediately. Yeah. But um, her, that's not her vibe. Her vibe is like she's just independent and she she follows the beat of her own drum um, you can't, you don't really imagine her. I mean, you want to, you want to be around She-Hulk. Like you kind of want to be She-Hulk. Like yeah. she, 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 she's fun and lighthearted. She doesn't, she doesn't, she doesn't have the whiff of an agenda or, you know, yeah. n- n- neither a like 
super feminist agenda, nor a like titillating um, cheesecake, whatever agenda. It's kind of like she just she just became her own thing. Uh, no pun intended. Yeah. And uh, and this is all still before she became like a comedic character. Yes, she was just she was kind of like Spider-Man level wisecracks at this point. Yeah, she's just fun. She's smiling and a blast to have on a teeth. Hawkeye. She's she's Spider-Man. She's just. Yeah. So now we get to sensational She-Hulk. Yeah, that's the next thing. I mean, she uh, leaves the Fantastic Four at some point. I think rejoins the Avengers shortly thereafter. Um, But in the meantime, John Byrne misses drawing her, I guess. So launches they launch a solo book, but they have a graphic novel. Yeah, they do a graphic uh, novel where uh, she she has a solo battle with her boyfriend, Wyatt Wingfoot, Johnny's old college roommate. Yeah. Up in space on a shield heli, color, heli carrier. Yeah. And then I guess that was popular enough and Byrne liked doing it enough that they launched the Sensational Seahawks series, which ran 60 issues, which is a really long time. That's five years. Yeah. And it uh, was and John Byrne wrote it initially and then would leave and then would come back and then came leave again. I think he came back for the last issue. Yeah. And um, the signature thing about this book is it's funny and like She-Hulk is just blatantly aware that she's in a comic book. That's like, yeah, at least in the John Byrne issues, that's like a huge part of every story. She looks out at the at the reader and says, hey, Byrne, this is what you expect me to wear for this next battle. Or this is the villain you gave me, this lousy guy or whatever. I don't yeah. get Dr. Doom or nothing. Yeah, uh, um, and that's all 60 issues. She is fourth wall breaking that entire run. Uh, Steve Gerber writes it for a little while. Brian Hitch, who would later on do like the Ultimates uh, and the Authority, uh, which was like these gritty, uh, uh, almost too real sort of superhero books, drew it for a while as well. But yeah, uh, yes, fourth wall breaking. Um, and it, that was not true in the graphic novel John Burnt did. And it was only hinted at in the very first issue of Sensational She-Hulk. I was I read the first issue. There's like two mentions of her like saying something about what issue it is. Yeah, right. But then by issue two, it's in full force. Yes. Something is it in the first five issues that she takes a shortcut through the ads? Uh, she definitely cross steps over a panel border. They what definitely is- have some point where she asks Burn to do a cut cut away to something so that she can get somewhere faster. Like do a meanwhile. Yeah. Uh, she also starts making fun of the caption boxes. It'll be yeah. like, and then, and she'll point at it and be like, great writing, Burn. No wonder people think of you as only an artist. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, she definitely cuts through an ad. She's like, we got to get across town fast. Follow me. And she rips the page open and cuts through, and you turn the page, and it's like a fake double page ad spread of comic book price guide stuff. And they're like cutting across it to save time. I mean, that's really cool. Yeah. And her assistant, Wheezy, who I got to assume is named after. Uh, Louise Simonson, Louise Jones, yeah, uh, former editor of the X Men, uh, is even more aware of the comic book stuff because she used to be the blonde Phantom. Yes, I don't know. Is that a real Golden Age character? It's got to be. Um, yeah. So she's like the fifty-year-old version of a woman who had been a Golden Age character, and she only aged because her comic wasn't running. Like that's the logic. Like okay. if the comic had been running, she'd stay the same age. She's like Captain America stayed the same age because he got he because he got his comic back. But I had to leave the comics, so and me and my husband got old. Uh, so here's one of my, you love my hot takes. Yeah, uh, I didn't love this these stories. Okay, I'm surprised. I didn't. Uh, I think Let's the fourth it. wall breaking stuff 
is much. cool and the making fun of burn stuff is funny but the humor i just didn't laugh reading it like uh i don't think burn is funny in like a full-on comedy book sense he's good when the comedy is like supplementing the action maybe yeah he's like ambush bug is like a comedy book that i yes. think is funny right yeah. i think giffen can do comedy well even though his comedy is still very schlocky and hacky it just works for me yeah. and the burn comedy mostly didn't work for me uh but i can also s uh, see that like when this comic came out it's crazy that there's a mainstream marvel comic that is this silly there's nothing like that it did work on me but i know what you're saying it's not like good jokes it was like charming and fun and sometimes comics comics can sometimes go through a phase of being so self-serious mm -hmm. that it, there is a joy to these She-Hulk issues that I, that it was contagious. I and there's certainly, and I didn't read the, the She-Hulk comics when they came out at the time, but there's also something to be said, like I've read the stuff that follows and I enjoy those so much that they built on this. Like, it's like, Oh, this is funny comics. So She-Hulk's a funny character. And then other people did these funny comics. I'm like, Oh, I really like these. And then I went yeah. back and read this. So I was maybe... like, oh, these isn't, this isn't as funny as the thing that followed it, which it's one of those things that like isn't fair. It's like if I saw Steve Martin's first stand-up act, I'd be like, hey, he's not that good. Right, right, right. Because right. I'd already seen his like peak stand-up acts. Like, well, right. yeah, I mean, he got better. I, I know what you're saying, though. It's a lot. I mean, I read the first 10 issues, and it, it's a lot. And it is very samey. Uh, I also just love Burns' art. Like, just even I love the art's great. I got no problem there. Just seeing, he just somehow his art is propulsive. Like, it is just yeah. so fun to read a John Byrne drawn issue. You I just, mean, just flipping through those FF comics, I just loved every time he drew like Reed smirking. I was like, oh, man, I love his FF art. Here's a weird thing that I like that John Byrne does. He draws great. <laughs> this is the dumbest compliment. Projectiles like bullets or laser beams or like like discs flying through the air. Somehow they look so insanely rigid. It's like so pleasing to me just to see <laughs> like I know it's just I, it's, I just was like. I felt I mean, motion on them. I felt like motion and uh, action he's a, on them. He's a top tier rubble drawer too, man. His rubble always looks great. Terrific rubble. Oh, great. I love it when Burns got a building smashed. I, I mean, it's true. I'll also say this about Burn and you know, this none of this is much to the man that he has become, but uh he drew great settings and like the backgrounds and like the locations. I mean, this was true in those X-Men comics we read. This is true in his FF comics. So it's like the action sequences worked not because he was a great choreographer, which I think he was, but because he put them in interesting places and yeah. it, it just like it was it was an artist's fight. Like it was well thought out. It wasn't just two people fighting in an empty crater. It was more than that. Even when it was an empty crater, there was something more to it than that. Yeah. Anyway, the art was. Uh, yeah. The art through the his. I tried to read some of the his the non sensational issues by Byrne, and I couldn't even get through them because then the humor was all there was and it wasn't working for me and we lost Burns art. And I was like, no, I can't do it. I lost interest too. Uh, here's something I did notice that was interesting. I thought though, um, not interesting. This is gonna be very boring, but I was interested in it in like issue <laughs> doorknobs. <laughs> yeah. What great doorknob artists. Nobody drew fixtures like this guy. No uh, issue four uh, of sensational She-Hulk. She-Hulk looks out at the panel and is wondering who the villain's going to be in the next issue. And she's like, let's see, we've been roughly following the FF template you know, alien in issue two, um, golden age character brought back in issue four. That means next issue has got to be Dr. Doom, right, Burn? And then she gets in close, right, Burn? 
and it says next issue the doctor is in but it ends up being dr bong from howard the duck right right not dr doom um but that was like i also remember in the howard the duck issue that we reviewed on the howard the duck podcast uh they make reference to trapped the, in a world if you're interested in listening to that podcast yeah, tra the trapped in a world podcast uh the issue we read the which is a weird like text story reality mm -hmm. breaking issue but um, one of the characters in that issue recounts the villains of the first six FF issues. Uh, Steve Gerber himself recounts it. That's right. Steve Gerber's in the comic and he's like, yes, I know the, you know, it's like a mole man, scrolls, miracle man, uh, submariner. Right. Um, and I was like, though John Burns generation, they knew those F FF issues cold. Yeah. Like they just lived in these guys' brains as like this untouchable standard. Like, I mean, that's why I'm sure the blonde phantom existed. Also, like he also brought back the toad aliens from Hulk. Yes. The Hulk comic, uh, one of the sillier villains that the Hulk fought. He brought them back. He also yeah. brings back Tyrannus in some other comic that uh, Byrne does. Not not in the ones I've read, but so. These guys were all fans of the Kirby. Byrne knows stuff, his, like, yeah. Not all the Marvel guys of this second yeah. generation they all worshipped kirby and probably Ditko also anyway it was yeah fun. in the way that like current creators like think about claremont and Byrne and simonson and miller yeah so um okay so sensational she-hulk definitely solidifies a comedic component of the she-hulk personality like it is now permanently available that she can be funny if you if you need that right that that yeah. like really cements that as part of her deal it also ran 60 issues, which had to have been the longest running female character comic at the time. I can't believe that would not be true. I don't even know. What, I yeah, mean, I for Marvel, for Marvel, Wonder Woman. Spider, I don't know how long Spider Woman ran. It wasn't not 60 comic. issues. Um, yeah. And Kitty Pride only just ever had miniseries. Yeah. Um, I mean, Miss Marvel. Uh, uh, <laughs> maybe beat it. I, I you might be right about like Red all the Sonya. relaunches, Red Sonya, which is like oh, Red Sonya. Yes. Yeah. But I know what you're uh, saying, like a Marvel continuity uh, character. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, That's that also solidifies her as like almost an A-list character, even though there's a pretty big gap after She-Hulk ends before she gets another title. It also just shows how big John Byrne was at that time. Like, I think if yes. John Byrne had wanted to do like a Wyatt Wingfoot series, they'd be like, all right, you go ahead. Yeah. Um. Here's the thing that I do think She-Hulk works for me as a comedic character really well, because she reminds me of the Tick. Oh, it's very uh, in the, tick in the sense that like she's indestructible. And yeah. if you're a character who can't be hurt, it's very fun to like, oh, well, the threats aren't the thing that we're going to worry about. We're going to worry about just the fun. Like I can have a giant robot step on her and she'll just go, oof. Right, right. Exactly. She can uh, get flung into space and she'll be like, what a fine predicament this is. Yeah. And so like by having this sort of nigh invulnerable character as your comedic foil, you can just throw her through the ringer and it's she can just joke about it and laugh about it in a way that like you can't do for every character. Like even Squirrel Girl, which is a very funny character and a funny comic, you can't throw her through a building and right, have that right. be a joke. You've got to get your humor somewhere else. But with She-Hulk, you can throw her through a planet. Yeah. And if she survives it, you're not going to go, what? You're going to be like, yeah, OK. Yeah. The slapstick in the burn She-Hulk issues is pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I, I wish Ditko did a humor superhero comic because I he think would have he could have done so great at it. I think. I think he would have. He's really good at drawing comedic slapstick. Yeah, I agree. I. Um, uh, 
but yeah, I, I, so I think she really worked because of her power set, like that she's just a simple power of just being strong and indestructible, and you can just do stuff to her. So where do we go to next in the She-Hulk journey? The next Dance big lot? thing, I mean, she she does some Avengers stuff for a while, which uh, uh, Jeff Johns had her on the Avengers again. Uh, uh, I never read that stuff. I didn't reread it for this podcast. So uh, sorry, listeners, that's a gap. Um, but the next thing I read was the Dan Slot run. Yeah, which this was, was this critically really, acclaimed run. It's very interesting. What once you say the premise of this one? So uh, this was before Slot was Spider Man, a Spider Man writer. Yep. Uh, this was sort of Dan Slot's breaking. Like he had done a lot of comics at this point, but this was his like big mark. It was such a critically acclaimed thing. It ran twelve issues, got canceled, but only because the sales were dropping. They relaunched it immediately with a new number one, just to kind of boost sales and get another few years out of it. Uh, but yeah, in this premise, she becomes a lawyer that practices like superhero law. Right. So all her cases are like seeped in sci-fi, comic booky nonsense, gobbledygook. Yes. I read the first four issues and it was really good. I was it's so really impressed. fun. It's really fun. It, I think Slot's humor. Uh, I think some of Slot's humor is bad, but I think Slot writes well to what his humor is good at. Uh, like he doesn't get caught up in the bad part of his humor. He plays into like, well, his fun humor is the situations. And he wrote great situations. Yeah. There's very funny parts in these books. Yeah. Um, All these guys, it's kind of funny. Like if you think of all the Marvel writers in a way of being the sons of Stan Lee, yeah, they all have inherited that kind of schlocky dad. Yes. Humor a little bit. Like uh, it's fun. It is fun and lighthearted. It's just not, you can't call it good. <laughs> yeah. But I think Slot, when he writes comedy books, he steers into character moments and situation moments. Like he wrote the fantastic, uh, rather the Human Torch Spider-Man miniseries, which I think is super funny and super good. Yeah. And it's all about situations more than like jokes. Yeah. And the same thing here. These situations are great. And he also is great about giving these nice character arcs. Like She-Hulk is hired as Jennifer Walters. Right. The boss has a rule that she can't be She-Hulk. <laughs> Yeah, he wants to lawyer. Yeah. Yeah. And like, there's also like this subplot of like, she's been She-Hulk too much and partying too much and having too much fun. And she needs to learn to love Jennifer Walters again, which is a great character arc for her. It's really good. I was so surprised because in uh, in the John Byrne era of She-Hulk, I kind of liked that she didn't want to be Jennifer Walters only because she just loved being She-Hulk. It was such a contrast to Hulk Hulk yeah. to have somebody be happy as their Hulk persona, but that got kind of old. So Slot reinvigorated it by going back to the other. It'd be, it'd be like reinvigorating Superman by digging into Clark Kent more. You yeah, know, it's like it's a little bit counterintuitive. It's like I know how to make Superman work. This is going to be a newspaper comic. You know, yeah. it's all about a reporter. But it's really fun. Like instead of hating being the Hulk, she hates being human. Yeah, uh, and it's really great. Like the cases are. Uh, what what's the the first case is a ghost is the ghost the first case that she has that's not the first case the first case is danger man a guy who um oh right <laughs> gets falls into a radioactive vat and gets powers and wants to sue the company for making him a superhero right uh, but there's also one where like a ghost uh, there is a ghost a one great where a one ghost yeah a guy wants a, to be a witness yes a guy is murdered and he doctor strange brings back the ghost so that the ghost can testify at his own murder trial yeah Spider-Man sues the Daily Bugle for uh, defamation, I guess, defamation of character. Yeah. There's one uh, in the second volume where uh, there's this, a very high profile murder where someone murders somebody. And he goes, oh, I had to murder them because 
they were coming from the future to murder me. <laughs> so it was self-defense. <laughs> uh, but the case was so prominent, they had to get a jury from the past. <laughs> So that nobody had knew about this trial. And one of the jurors was a recently deceased Hawkeye. And She-Hulk wanted to warn Hawkeye that he was going to die to save his life. So it was so complicated and it's such a fun plot. Oh, that line. is so fun. You know what this, I got to say, it's Busick-esque yeah. to like dig into the continuity in a way to get these emotional little stories, you know, to be like, all right, you guys know the superhero tropes. Let's have some fun with this. And from the trailer to the She-Hulk show, there's a she looks like she's a superhero lawyer in that trailer. I don't know for sure. I haven't watched the show, but I think this slot uh, uh, run is highly uh, inspirational to that show. I mean, there's ads all over L.A. for to hire She-Hulk as a lawyer. Yeah, and it's called She-Hulk Attorney at Law. Is so the full fun. name of the I show? I'm really excited. If it's what it's if it's based on the slot run, I really love it. Yeah. Um, I hear there's a little burn in there too, from what I, I read hope. Too. I would hope so. I mean, if I was gonna pick a recipe, I would think like your broth should be mm -hmm. slot, but give me some burn vegetables thrown in there. You know what I mean? Give me some burn spice. Like give me some, give me some winks to the camera. Yeah. Give me some being aware you're in a show. Give me some comments like, "Hey, let's get this moving." What is this on Netflix or Disney Plus? Let's you know, uh, give, um, give me something like that. This was like I'd read a lot of slot by this point. I liked slot at this point, but this was the comic where I was like, I'm a I'm a I'm a slot guy. I'm gonna read his stuff. You're a slot head. I'd read a lot of his stuff and liked it all, but this is the one I'm like, oh man, this guy just it gets gets it. Um that Spider-Man issue. Can we talk about that for a second? Yes. Uh, I love the end of that issue. It's it is a great Spider-Man story in the sense that like you can't let Spider-Man win too much or you lose Spider-Man. Yeah. So he's like suing the Daily Bugle and he's going to win because jo Jonah Jameson has created the Scorpion and Spider Slayers to try to kill Spider-Man. Like he's got no leg to stand on if Spider-Man wants to sue him. Yeah. Uh, and so Spider-Man is for sure going to win. And then the way they get out of it is that She-Hulk uh, uh, or not She-Hulk, but the lawyer that She-Hulk is working with helps out Spider-Man by also looping in Peter Parker. He's like, we're also going to sue Peter Parker, who took all those photos. So now Spider-Man is suing Peter Parker and J. Jonah James. Oh, I love it. That's and then so Peter Parker funny. Like basically wants he goes, I want to settle <laughs> because he can't <laughs> sue himself. He can't afford to be sued. And he sues by embarrassing J. Jonah Jameson and Peter Parker. Like he humiliates himself. Yeah. Uh, and like just has fun with it because he's embarrassing James. That is Jameson. so good. It's, it's so almost great. like how did I not see it coming? It's so good. And it's also so funny that like you can also see Spider-Man, even if he wasn't Peter Parker, settling just to humiliate Jonah. Yes. It sort of feels right in character, even though he needs the money. God, that's funny. What a great idea for a it story. It was such a fun done-in-one story. Um. Just what a great way to mine some more stories out of this character uh, to dig into the Jennifer Walters side. Uh, She-Hulk also was being drawn differently at this time. Like the burn era She-Hulk was like, you know, centerfold playboy Barbie figure with like, you know, um, super confident superhero personality. But now she's kind of more like um, 
I don't know, less overtly Barbie, I guess. And, well, and yeah, more this like artist muscly or something. The artist Juan Bobia is more of a, uh, it's not cartoony. It's not the wrong word for it, but just like a unique style. And so his unique style really takes over She-Hulk. I'll say the covers to those comics are awful. The Dan Slot run has some terribly drawn and they are cheesecake covers. Okay, yeah. That's probably a throwback to the burn era. Uh, it's just, I think, to help sell the comics, they're like, let's put some cheesecake on the cover. But the comic itself is not cheesecakey at all. No. Um, although it's not above having some sexy She-Hulk stuff in there. I mean, like, I, I don't no. know. Like She it's... likes sex in that comic. Yeah, it's, it's a sort of sex-positive... Mm-hmm. Uh, story of a, a superhero party girl. So the, yeah, that, that's kind of fun too. But it's but, it's balanced but, out. But by more. the nature of that artist, you're not getting like boobs and butt shots, which was like a huge part of the John Byrne sensational She-Hulk run. Like yes, it was a, and just most female characters and comics in the '90s too. Yeah, She-Hulk was almost better because it was like put so front and center of the Byrne thing. It's yeah. almost like almost. In a weird way, it's like Baywatch is almost progressive because it's like, look, Pamela Anderson's gonna be running in slow motion, and that's what's gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. I can't explain it, but um, yeah, the the slot run was really incredible. I was uh, I was glad. No, it's incredible. It's so tough to talk about Marvel comics. All of the adjectives are associated with yeah. characters. It was more sensational. A lot of people. I would think say. it was pretty uncanny, actually. It was uh, a savage it, run. Uh, it was uh, mighty. Uh, yeah. So it was a really fun run. Uh, Peter David took over at the end, uh, and I'm a big Peter David fan. I don't remember liking that run at all by him, uh, but it was also just following like a masterstroke. Following Dan Slott's run was like following Peter David's Incredible Hulk run. You just can't win. <laughs> yeah, someone has uh, just done it so hard. Yeah, you can't like. Um, uh, and Slot certainly benefited from the long gap between Burns' run. Yeah, things had uh, reset. Like he, he's not fighting that perception yeah. so much because those fans are gone or whatever. And they make a joke about her being able to break the fourth wall still, but she doesn't really do it in the comic. And it's, you know, you don't have to do it because that book is over. Do you know what's interesting? I, I saw this in the when we did our Moon Knight crash course, but it's funny how certain things with a character stick. So like, yes, um, one of the so okay, breaking the fourth wall. That's kind of always available for She-Hulk now permanently. Yes, people might not it, use it, but it's there if you want to use it. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be crazy at any point for She-Hulk to turn out and be like, "Come on, guys, let's wrap it up here." And like you know, yeah. Um, and another another thing that sticks with She-Hulk is okay. Also, like a little you know party girl stuff. Also, clothes like She-Hulk is like a fashionista. Yeah, like artists like draw tons of outfits for She-Hulk, like. It, you know, it's it's like whenever there's a Sex in the City reboot or something, I'll see like on the Internet, like a list of Carrie Bradshaw's top 20 outfit. My roommate's a huge Sex in the City fan. So I've actually weirdly watched like three seasons of Sex in the City in the last year. Yeah. Um, uh, which I really liked. I uh, uh, was surprised to surprised to discover. But um, it's like the clothes are a big part of that show, like what the characters are wearing. And She-Hulk is kind of Real quick, like, Will, map the FF to the Sex and the City characters. Let's see. Well, Carrie's Reed, Samantha's The Thing. Wait, Samantha Johnny? Nah, Samantha's The Thing. Um, Charlotte is... I'm going to say Charlotte is Johnny, weirdly. And wait, who did they leave out? I don't know their names. 
You're not going to have any opinion of this? I I have zero opinion of this. I know there are four of them. I can't name all four of them. (laughs) There's the brown-haired one. There's the short-haired one. There is the blonde one. And there's the main one. Well, who did I say? Wait, Carrie is Reed. I keep wanting to say Cynthia Nixon. But what's her name? I don't know. This is embarrassing. Melinda. That might be right. It's not Melinda. (laughs) Can't imagine. Why can't I not remember? Miranda. Jeez Louise. I, I was, want to say I was Cynthia close. Nixon. Melinda was closer than I thought I okay. was. Miranda is the invisible woman. Charlotte weirdly is Johnny. She's not very Johnny, but I think she functions as Johnny within the Sex and the City group. She's the most sure of herself. She changes the least. Uh, Samantha's the thing because she's fun and she livens everything up and carries Reed because she's the center. Okay. The other way you could do this, Carrie could be the thing. <laughs> And then Charlotte's read. Sam is the human torch. Uh, that doesn't work. Samantha's got to be the thing. All right. Uh, there you go, folks. Uh, what was I talking about Sex and the City for? Clothes. So, like, yeah. She-Hulk's clothes are, like, kind of part of it. Oh, the other thing is cars. So, like, she wrecks cars all the time. It's kind of convenient to have your, like, strong men throw around a bunch of cars. Yeah. But, like, John Byrne had her have, like, a space-driving car that she kept crashing in the Avengers issues before FF, she was always crashing cars. She still crashes cars. She looks always wrecking cars, and she's always kind of like, whoops. She's always kind of like, yep, that's on me. I think yeah. it's a funny thing to stick. Yeah, I mean, I think that was the one thing that was, because when we did the Miss Marvel crash course, her she had not existed that long. Yes. And and mostly been written by one person. Right. You don't get that what Moon Knight has and She-Hulk has, which is that sort of like the different uh, five writers. or six different chefs over... 30 or 40 years. Yeah. What is still in the recipe? Yeah. Um, yeah. That is very interesting uh, because different editors, different writers, but she hooks always fun. Uh, we got to speed up just a little bit because we're already at an over an hour, I think. Yeah, I know. Um, after the slot run, there's another pretty big gap without the she hook. Um, I think she joins teams again here and there. There's also a long stretch where like there's an, there's other she hulks. Okay, yeah, there's like Red She-Hulk. There's Red She-Hulk, which is uh, uh, Betty Ross. There's also Lyra, who is like the daughter of She-Hulk, I think, or something. Or the okay. daughter of Hulk, rather, not the daughter of She-Hulk. And and Jennifer Walters is involved with those characters somewhat here and there. Like, there's a lot of Hulk stories with lots of Hulks. It's like becomes a big thing. There's like a huge expanded Hulk family for a while. That is... Better than what that sounds. That sounds terrible to me, but a lot of it was written by this guy, uh, Jeff Parker and Greg Pack, and they were just good writers. And so okay. they made it work. Okay. Uh, some of it was bad, but a lot of it was like the ideas of it were bad. And then these good writers kind of came in and made good stuff out of it is what okay. I would say. Um, but then after all that kind of ran its course, uh, Charles Soule, I think I'm pronouncing that right. S-O-U-L-E um, came in and wrote a 12 issue run for She-Hulk uh, with art by Javier Pulido who I also think is a great artist. And it's basically Dan Slot 2.0. Okay. Uh, she starts her own firm. She like is in a building, like she's renting this office building that only rents to like super powered characters. So it's filled with like crazy characters. Howard the Duck is one of the tenants. <laughs> uh, Hellcat is her private investigator that helps her with cases. I love it. And uh, And she's got like this weird secretary who's got her own thing going on. And it's comedic as well. Um like her first case is uh, Dr. Doom's son wants <laughs> emancipation 
and okay. wants a visa to live in the U.S. He wants to be he doesn't want to be the rule, the future ruler of Latveria. He wants to leave his dad alone. And she gets involved in that case. Uh, and it's very fun. Yeah, that's a big win for her. But she gets paid in Latvian money, which gets taken away because it is a <laughs> uh, legal currency, I guess. Um, and at the end, he the guy stays with Dr. Doom. He just wanted Dr. Doom to let him be his own man. Uh, but like, there's this great sequence where like after she like she's like arguing this out with like a giant Dr. Doom robot that Dr. Doom was talking through. Yeah. Uh, and he's like he he like goes, OK, like, son, I will I will think about what you're suggesting, but you got to get She-Hulk to leave Latveria. She's like, OK, I'll leave. And he's like, are you OK with it? He's like, I really want to destroy that giant. Dr. Doom robot. The Dr. Doom robot just goes, do not destroy the giant, giant Dr. Doom robot. <laughs> like that made me laugh. And it's just yeah. like these situations are weird and outlandish. Yeah. Um, it's very fun. It's 12 issues. And my hot take is, I think that's my favorite She-Hulk run. Okay. That is a hot take. I thought you were going to go slot. Slot is really good. But when I was rereading Charles soul, which builds like would not exist without the Dan slot run. It just yeah. couldn't, would not work at all. But I read this. I'm like, oh, I think he's even better at it. I'll have to check that out. I didn't uh, get it's that a far. Really, it's a really good 12 issue, that. 12 issue run. Um, it didn't run long enough to really get to do as much as Dan Slot did. So it might, it if it suffers next to Dan Slot, it's just that Dan Slot did more because okay. he ran like 30, 40 issues. Um, but it's what a really the, fun run. Now we we haven't. This episode's too short. You know, we right. haven't we haven't gone long enough, but I want to do one more thing. Let's predict what we think the show's going to be. I yeah, haven't we even still seen... aren't done talking about all the She-Hulk. Oh, what other She-Hulk titles? I thought that was yeah. the last one. No. Then after that, she joins the Avengers. Oh, uh, 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 she dies, basically, and joins the Avengers because it's during the immortal Hulk era where everyone all the Hulks come back to life. And she becomes a Hulk smash Hulk for a while okay. Okay. in a book just called Hulk. Uh, okay. And in that title, I didn't really like that title. I really like the writer. Uh, uh, which is uh, um, Mar- I can't pronounce the first name. It's like Marquio Takara. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll but in this run, it. it is it is one of these comics where like she's mostly Jennifer Walters trying not to turn into the Hulk. It is very much cut from the original Bruce Banner mold, except with like a modern sensibility where like you don't see the Hulk much. She barely turns into the Hulk for the first five issues. It's like it's like the tension of when is she going to uh, turn into the Hulk? It's more of a, like a scary book or whatever. I didn't really love that. I like my She-Hulk funny at this point. Yeah. Uh, but that is a run, and I think it is a big swing, and I think it's an interesting swing. It was also during an era, I think, where the Hulk was dead, so they were like being like, this is now the Hulk. Okay. Um, so, so she's filling the Bruce Banner hole in the Marvel Universe in a way. Yeah. Um, uh, she joins the Avengers for a while. I didn't read a lot of those things. Oh, Mariko Tamaki, you got it. Uh, uh, she joins the Avengers for a while. She's still Hulk smashy mostly in that. Mm-hmm. Like she's basically just the Hulk personality is sort of taking on a life of its own a little bit. Uh, but I didn't really read that. I didn't really love that Jason Aaron run. I love Jason Aaron's writing so much, but his Avengers just didn't work for me. So I stopped reading it. So I don't really know how those things play out. There definitely is a big She-Hulk storyline in there that I should have read for this podcast. I did not do that. Okay. But at some point in there, we get our She-Hulk back. Because okay. there is a current She-Hulk title written by Rainbow Rowell, who uh, writes, I think, young adult fiction mostly, but re- did a really long run on Runaways, which is fabulous. Yes. Highly recommended her Runaways run. 
but she is now writing She-Hulk, which I think maybe was meant to be an ongoing. It's only going to be a 12 issue story now, which is a bummer. It's great. There's no action in it. There's no lawyers in it. It is. It feels like a sitcom more than anything else. But like, it's not even a sitcom. It's like a funny drama. It's like an Ally McBeal more. Okay. Uh, I don't even know if that's fair enough. It's not even that funny, but it's just like charming and sweet and good. And I love it. It is uh, a really great. It's only four or five issues in. It's mostly involving her trying to help Jack of Hearts, which is a weird Avengers character um, that Kurt Busick loves, by the way. Uh, and that is the current run. But it is we're back to normal She-Hulk. She is living in the Wasp's apartment again. Okay. Uh, she is in full control. She can change when she wants to. Yeah. She likes being She-Hulk, but she's kind of okay being Jennifer Walters now. Okay. Uh, after the slot run, she certainly prefers the She-Hulk part of her personality, but she kind of does both. Okay. Uh, and that is the current uh, uh, status quo for She-Hulk, which is basically where she will always probably return to at some point. This sort of in control of her powers, Hulk. I love it. I love it. I mean, She-Hulk's had enough of a run that I think she's always going to return to the norm. And the yeah. norm is funny, I think, yeah. party girl, confident Hulk. But it's always like, fun. To, it's fun to have different modes, I think. This is why a while ago I said, we got to keep going. We got to move on. We got a lot more to cover. <laughs> There's like two more series you didn't remember though, or didn't know existed. I didn't know existed. So, I, yeah. Or I guess I saw them, but. Uh, I mean, there's other stuff. Isn't there A Force or something like that? And She's like, in a lot of other teams. She was in Defenders for a while and A Force for a while. None of those yeah. ran that long. Um, okay. And I don't think there's any big status quo changes to her in those titles. Okay. Um, uh, a Force written by Kelly Thompson, who I really like, but A Force didn't work for me either. I think it could have if it kept going. I've been listening to a couple podcasts lately with long episodes, Kevin. So I got jealous and I wanted us to do one of our long ones. And so here we are. We've done it. Yeah. What's your prediction for the show? Um, I think it's going to be fun. I mean, it's uh, my prediction is boring because it's what they've already announced. It is going to be comedic. It is. I think the episodes are 30 ish minutes. I think it is more sitcom length. Um, I think it is going to be funny. I know I can spoil something here, but I don't know if I want to do that. I've been spoiled on one tiny aspect of it. I believe there's superhero law just from the trailers because we've seen like I think she I think she represents the abomination in the trailer. OK. Um. Uh, and so I think it's gonna be fun. She's gonna have complete control of the Hulk, but also it's weird because in this Marvel universe right now, Banner has control of his Hulk. He is in Professor Hulk mode. I don't think he can. I don't know if he can turn into Banner, but he is a Hulk who has his Banner temperament, Banner mind. So there isn't like a Hulk savage Hulk, Hulk yeah, yeah, going around. So she isn't like in contrast to that so much as just another one of that. But I think she is the She-Hulk, the burn slot She-Hulk is largely what we're going to see. I don't know if we're going to see an adaption of any actual specific slot storyline. I don't think we will. Too bad, because some of the stories you just pitched to me are so good. Yeah, I just think the Marvel seems to do mostly season-long things. I think it'll be like one or two cases the whole season, which I think will be a bummer. I would rather see like four or five short cases. Like yeah. Night Court style. Uh, or Ally McBeal might be the better thing. Night like Court had, style. I get it. Yeah, Night Court. That's right. That's right. I wonder what po comic book podcaster character actor is going to have four lines in the pilot. Maybe. <laughs> if not cut. If not cut. 
Watch the first scene of the rebooted Night Court pilot for a certain screw it comics podcaster who lives in California. Yeah, yeah. Not yeah. going to narrow it down any more than that. Sure, sure, sure. And whenever that launches, I don't know when that show will be no on the idea, air. And I'm not even sure on what service, but um, check yeah. it out. Uh, anyway, yes. Uh, but I think, um, yeah, I think it could be like a very I mean, superhero law is a very fun thing. It's very fun. Uh, there was a comic book called Supernatural Law, which I got to assume is what inspired Dan Slott. Um, yeah, or even like, like the old book. damage control comic in the 80s was kind of like, you know, the fun logistics of this stuff. And damage control feels like cut from the same exact uh, cloth that slots She-Hulk is. Astro City would hit some of this stuff, too. Yeah. But Supernatural Law was like a comic book where it was like, uh, you know, Dracula is on trial because of something or other. And okay. it, it, it's like playing with like the the tropes in a different way and is a very fun thing. And that's definitely what slot was doing, like playing with time travel and death and things like that. Like definitely more like in the, in the, the ghost one, one of the cases argument is like people come back to life all the time. Yeah. You can't so not funny. let them do it. And it's like, yeah, okay. Um, Well, Kevin, I think I've ruined our chance to do an email for this episode. Yeah. We went way, way long. So, we're going to take next week off, I think. I need to take next week off, and then we'll come back with we don't know what. Right. But we'll figure it out. But we are going to be back. That's what's important. I bet we'll come back with – I think the easiest thing is to say let's come back with a couple more X-Men episodes okay, while yeah, we'll we figure we'll out our that. next season. We'll do some, uh, some mailbag. We'll catch up on the mail. I don't know what issue number we're on, but I will post it on the internet. Okay. I think we'd like to at least get to issue 200. At least, yeah, yeah. So uh, we may or may not make it to 200. We may go beyond 200. But like, so I think we could easily do two episodes of the mainline Uncanny X-Men. So the next, you know, three to six issues of that will cover. Easy. And then we'll uh, have something figured out for our next batch and our next mini season. Okay. Yeah. We've got some good contenders and we love the suggestions you guys give us. So if you want to keep emailing screw it comics with suggestions of what we should cover, yeah. please do. Chris Gethard is pushing us to read 300 issues of Captain America. <laughs> not 300, just 130. Oh, is it 300? I don't know. It's not 300, but it is a huge. It's like almost I mean, 10 it, years. It is longer than our Fantastic Four run, which we <laughs> regret. Which regret we shouldn't have done. how much we covered. And he wants us to cover more of Captain America because he, th he says, like, it's very up and down. This <laughs> is bitch. <laughs> anyway, we, next maybe next episode i'll read his whole pitch oh also next episode i'm going to read reviews from our uh our podcast some of podcast reviews so review our podcast and i might read it because i'm gonna read a handful of those next episode we keep saying we're gonna do that but we really that's are. next really episode are. for sure for okay. sure all right see you later everybody bye 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 comics bye.